Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. everybody um girls just in case you're still sleeping on our patreon i just want to remind you all last week we had a fucking me and Lindsay must have been i don't know the adderall was hitting just right because we did so much content last week yeah we had a live stream on monday and um, we obviously had our usual episode uh, of it girls and x girls out but we did a bonus x girls all about a certain uh, award ceremony we did a Ikal Shikal that shall not be named but it is the most named. prestigious award show Absolutely. in the influencer community so in Ireland if you remember last year we did an episode with Courtney Smith this year we brought it to Patreon because only the real ones can handle this shit but it's just a fashion fun like Fashion police. That's what we always fashion train. police and also Zoom police, shall we say? Because the um, award show was on Zoom this Absolutely. year, so we wanted to just loll about that. And and boy, did we loll! Boy, and, um, did we loll! And go through some of the outfits and some of the the goings on. Mm-hmm. But um, we that also is on did, Patreon only. Yes. And we also did a Triple X Girls episode, which is our eight dollar tier, which who gets extra content every single month. And we did it all on. You know, we all saw there was a lot of Mua drama last week. There was <laughs> Jackson, a lot of et cetera, Kaylee. Reddit drama coming out and there was About just a certain um Radio X radio presenter. Yes. So we put that T only on our eight euro tier, that's triple X gals. And that's where as of now, like it's still kind of becoming its own thing, but as of now, the eight euro tier is where we've been talking about like viral kind of shit that's going on on the internet. Mm-hmm. So we also spoke about Ballymun uh, Getaway Gal. Oh, my icon, who a lot of people Gemma thought Ward, voted shit gal, but... I mean, I'm sorry. I, I really she she gave me the content that I needed that week and I am hooked on She's her still Instagram. I'm addicted to her Instagram. Uh so yeah, if you guys are wanting some extra content, as always, reminder, go to Patreon. It's a fiver a month and this month you're gonna get so much extra stuff because we have had piece of content almost every single day last week. This week we got some really cool guests, which is yes. so exciting. But this week, speaking of guests, okay. Yeah. As you guys know, Lindsay and I love a bit of reality tv we we bring a lot of our content from reality tv we also love a bit of nostalgia absolutely and irish nostalgia and an iconic show that was aired 10 years ago on tv3 which is now virgin media was called california Lindsay, if someone hasn't watched california or isn't aware how would you describe it Okay, well, first of all, what you should do after listening to this episode mm-hmm. is go on YouTube and look at the clips and look at California Swipe because that's kind of how that really embodied the show. And again, it's hard to find actual episodes of it, but California Swipe was a YouTube channel that was made to kind of just like poke fun out of this show. So it was like Ireland's version of um, Geordie 
sure. Mm -hmm. It was set in Tala, obviously, and it was just fucking iconic. They were in this duplex in City West and they lumped a load of people from Tala in. Lads who were like beefed up girls who were in their little rara skirts and they plied them with alcohol and just let the drama happen and it did that was the beautiful thing a lot yes. of the time with like some kind of Irish TV it's a bit more curated this was we don't have a lot of like reality TV shows that is like say British and American mm. reality show but this was very much real drama filmed and it was just there were so many like we constantly see like memes being made of this show like you know, five blokes, that's only five eggs per bloke per day. <laughs> per day. These, <laughs> these like memes are like constantly being regurgitated online. And if you look up, like the, the scenes are just iconic that yeah. are on YouTube. And we got Kelly Donegan on and she's been a fan and we have been a fan for hers of hers for years. And we wanted to know what actually went on, what it's like. We've been dying to get someone who's on any of like a reality show and we want to definitely get more on. But it's great to hear. We had a really interesting chat with yeah. her about... um. The background of like the audition process, being in a relationship whilst being on this show um, and just the reality of the kind of come down after the show mm -hmm. and how like, you know, the public received it, etc. Yeah, so like, I mean, if anyone, if you, even if you haven't watched California, this is such an interesting interview to get into the mind of someone who was on A, a really huge, really, really big uh, reality TV show, but B, a reality TV show that has a certain kind of reputation with it. As, as we said, if you think of the likes of Jersey Shore and Geordie Shore, you know, we, we did a whole episode on the people of Geordie Shore. We talk about them a lot because they are like, they're a good kind of cultural touching point for most people to kind of know about how people are treated in the media, how it can affect them. They're still so famous but California was a show that you know had the potential to be as big as Geordie Shore but unfortunately none of the cast really uh, catapulted like the way we see it happening now and you very rarely hear of the come down from that you very rarely hear about like how it kind of follows you throughout your life because when you're a consumer of these shows you watch you might tweet something mean and then think nothing of it but the reality is is that in reality TV it follows people and, and it can for the rest of their life yeah. you know which is really really interesting so as we said Kelly Donegan we have her on she was an amazing cast member on California and she was an amazing guest on the podcast and we'll leave all of her information down below if you you should go follow her because she's a great Instagram account and hopefully we're going to see a little bit of re a rejuvenation of her content because she's she has been tweeting about uh, California now she said she's gotten a few interview opportunities so I'm hoping she'll come on and you know Will we get, you know, because... Reclaim we, her right absolutely. to being an Irish legend. We, we gave her the crown of being an Irish legend. And everyone on the California cast is a legend in our eyes. Because absolutely. of what they gave to Irish culture. And like I said, there's just, there was, re, it was so momentary. Like there was nothing like that. Like we, Irish media and TV don't really dip the toe into that kind of reality. I know. And I, we, um, I was thinking recently there, I was like, you know, the way they're bringing back the real world. So they're bringing back one of the first ever real world cast into the same apartment and they're all Whoa. in like their 40s and nearly in their 50s now they were Whoa. in their they were in their 20s in the early 90s like this is like an old real world I was like oh imagine how good it would be if they brought back because you couldn't really bring back Fade Street right because Fade Street iconic watch and I want to do iconic. we want to do a deep dive into Fade Street if anyone from, who is on Fade Street is listening please hit us up because we will we and need, we, we will need be to sliding talk. in India. we need to talk but you couldn't really bring that back because it was purposely so contrived it was very like the hills but the but California you could bring back you could have that even just a one hour special oh, stunning of them all like I'd love a reunion you know that way yeah. we'll host it I'll put it out there 
We will host we a will reunion host of it. California. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Please make this happen. So guys, as we said, um, listen to this interview, then go down the rabbit hole of California. You will not be disappointed. No, it will make your lockdown so much better. <laughs> and thanks okay. so much for uh, to Kelly for coming on. She was amazing. Enjoy. So welcome to the podcast, Miss Kelly Donegan, legendary, well, fitness and health queen, first of all. Yes. But second of all, cast member of the cult classic, California. California. How are you? You even actually said it like it was said on the show, which is quite funny. I know, I just noticed <laughs> that when you said been that. You've watching a lot of the episodes. Yes, I have. I was like watching so many last night. I was just like, I mean, re-watching that show is a trip, but that is what we're I set up a petition. Yeah, Remember that last year? Because I, um, was it lockdown? Yeah, it was lockdown where I um, was like, I need to find these episodes to rewatch Because I got in a rabbit hole on YouTube looking up um, little clips and the uh, the two lads, what are they called again? California Swipe. California Swipe. Oh, Chris and what was the other guy's name? Peter, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, I yeah. was watching that and I was trying to find episodes. And um, yeah, I was just like, this is so incredible. Like, it's such good fucking TV. And like, honestly... A rebrand, like a, a new California would save our tea. Oh, there I said it. Yes. It's the only thing. But you <laughs> well, were on it and you it were like a second. TV3, not RTE, but that's neither No, I know. There. And I that's why I put TV3 it TV3 is 100% the sexier channel though. They have the better shows. They have better shows. But RTE are the ones who are losing the money. So yeah. like, if they took a California style thing, it would be so good. Because like, it was just amazing. And I put up a petition, which I will share if we could share it yeah. underneath this episode, because I was like, we need to get the episodes back on like the TV3 player or the Virgin Media player. But, but I know. Lindsay, you're going you're gonna to scream laughing, right? Because me and my sister, uh, she decided to come on this reliving California journey with me. You met my sister. You did her tattoo. Yeah. So I don't you remember that? I do. Yeah. Yes. So we decided together that we would watch it. And I was so grateful because she is 10 years younger than me. So <gasps> she would have been like 10 or something when I was on the show. No way. So it was weird doing it with a support network beside you. And we were looking for all the episodes. And what did we come across? A petition to have the show put back on. And then we saw your name and we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> that, is, that is so gosh. So, My secret online behavior. super fan. Oh, I know. God, and because um, it's just annoying that you can't watch all the episodes. Like, did, did you find them? No, no, I couldn't find all of them. Like for me, like obviously I knew what happened because I was there, but it was just about refreshing them yeah, because obviously I like mentally blocked it out for a very long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so let's think back then. So California came out 10 years ago. Am I right? It was like 2011. So we recorded it in City West in a house. That was the first one. And the first episode was aired in December 2011 it was like a a preview of what was to come okay. for uh, 2012 and it's crazy because it was during the recession so people always forget that like that that's a huge thing to remember about the show coming out at that time so so, so what was it like so let's think even before the show happened I have some questions. Did you want to go on reality TV? Like, was this something you wanted? And then also let's maybe talk about the actual process of getting on that show. Yes. I'm so curious. Okay, so God, I have to go even further yeah. back now. So, I mean, I never really set out to be on reality TV. I didn't want to be, let's say, a reality TV star. I didn't necessarily want to be famous per se. I did, however, want to be in show business. 
I, in my mind, I thought that maybe it would be a stepping stone to get into TV and to get into more like presenting work and kind of pop culture based TV. Because at the time I'd been doing a lot of modeling and it was hard work. It didn't go that easy for me. You know, I'm no Georgia Salpin. You're gorgeous. <laughs> so- Stop, you're right. <laughs> But it definitely didn't come naturally in terms of, let's say, my career ambitions. I had to work very hard at it. And I thought, you know what, maybe this is a sidestep that could suit me a bit better because I love to talk. I am not shy. And I really thought that it was going to open up a lot of doors. So when the opportunity kind of presented itself, I was like, should I, shouldn't I? I didn't know what it was going to be really. So I said, fuck it, like, just go for it. Like, yeah. And um, so was there like a, did someone contact your agent about it or like, did you find an ad or how did you come about it? So I was modeling for a couple of years. Um, no, I wasn't a full-time model. I was in art college actually at the time, uh, studying to be a graphic designer. And I was doing a bit of promotional work, a little bit of modeling work. I actually did Miss Universe Ireland, which is actually, for me, even funnier. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, Miss Universe Ireland. It was funnier than even doing California. Because I'm not really, I look like a girly girl, but I'm actually not really a girly girl. Um, so I was in TV3 doing, I think it was like some, this is actually really embarrassing, some hand modeling job for <laughs> Carter Beauty. And I'll be honest, my hands are shite. Like, for Carter awful. Beauty, did you say? I, I think it was Carter Beauty, yeah. It was like That's some gosh. like spring, summer, nail polish colors. And I was in getting my hair and makeup done. And the girl was like, oh my God, TV3 are making this show about Tala. You're from Tala and you're um, a model. You've got a big personality. Why don't you do it? And I was like, no. Because at that time, I wanted to be a model. I wanted to be on the cover of Playboy. I, that, that was what I wanted to do. And it was only when she said it to me, I was like, oh, actually, maybe I could go down the TV road. And that's where the kind of idea to get into kind of presenting and things of that kind of manifested. And I thought no more of it. And I kind of just thought the whole idea would just fizzle away. And I think, now again, I could be slightly wrong, but from my memory, I got an email then from the producers saying, look, we heard about you through so-and-so. Would you come for an interview in the plaza? which is quite funny because at the time the plaza was the Tamangos over the north side. Yes. It was gas. I'm obsessed you know, that it was the, in the plaza. Yes. I'm obsessed that that's where the audition was. <laughs> and tell us so, so I had a lot of memories in the plaza. So yeah. it was in, in the hotel where the interview was and that's kind of where it started from. And what was the interview like? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting because I suppose it was my first opportunity to get an idea of what the show was going to be like. How did they um, sell it? And I, Huh? How did they sell the show? Like, did they tell you, like, was it what you, what, was it presented as it turned out to be? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell us how they presented it. No. So, I like, again, all of this comes from my perspective and my yeah. own experience and my own memories. It's definitely a long time. But I suppose over the last week or two since I've been talking to you guys about doing this, I've been chatting to my family and friends about reliving it. And my cousin actually said to me, I was so young. You were my idol. And I remember you came home after the interview and you told me that you were, there was this show about all these people in Tala doing these interesting things and it was going to be really career orientated. And, you know, they were really going to go down that road. <sighs> so like the fact that she had that memory and she was only like maybe like 15 at the time. And it definitely was like that, you know, it was like, you know, it's going to be unbelievable. You're going to come across great. You're going to have all these opportunities. 
never once did they say this is going to be like an Irish Geordie Shore. Yeah. And that, that never, ever, 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 ever came into it. Not once. Because like that's 100%. Like, because when you think of like two iconic Irish reality mm-hmm. TV shows, it's like Fade Street in California. And you guys were kind of in direct competition as well because you were on competitive channels mm-hmm. and it was out around yeah. the same time. And the, the and, and the Scaldies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I know which one I would have preferred to go on a night out with. I'll tell you that 100%. <laughs> but like you guys were 100% like the Jersey Shore, Geordie Shore and then Fade Street was like the hills, you know, 100%. That way. they were like also, modeled off them. Um, I mean, like when you think about it, I'd say what they tried to do in the audition process, if I'm thinking how they were trying to like, I'm going to say lure these people in and make it like seem as something else because they do that on Jer- Geordie Shore and Jersey Shore where mm. they like give them these jobs and they have to go to work and like in Jersey yeah. or in Geordie Shore they had to like be club promoters and like they had the boss woman come over I can't remember her name but she was always this narc so I guess they just kind of set aside all the drinking and everything whatever else and the clubs and was like oh no it's a career based reality <laughs> show to kind of pull you in totally agree no that's definitely how it was and like you have to remember at the time, I think when I was intervie- interviewing for the show, I was 21. I had just turned 22 when I did the show. And as much as maybe compared to everybody else, actually, I take that back. Not from, let's say compared to maybe the girls, I was slightly involved in the media industry, marginally. So I yeah. kind of had an idea of kind of what was going on. Like, obviously, the lads were a lot older than us. Really? Um, but for me, I yeah. So like, I, I think the lads were like, I think one of the lads was in his thirties, and then the rest of them were in their late twenties. <laughs> you oh know, my goodness. the internet would have a fucking field day if they went so mental about Marty Guilfoyle going into that go house. I was coming out today. Uh, I totally. So like, yeah, like, I definitely thought that it was going to be something different than it was. So. I definitely found that disappointing. Now, at the same time, I, again, I'm not going to try and make excuses for like the filming or whatever like that. I'm sure there was challenges in creating a reality show for an Irish market. And I think that that probably was the ruination of the show. And kind of what makes it so funny is that it was so awkward and cheesy. Like the reality was like so much drama and shy happened that wasn't aired that they didn't film or they didn't catch you gotta fill us in on some of that yeah because like i mean so when we get into it yeah so obviously like you did the audition process you were told you're going to be coming on the show one of my favorite facts about california and he said california is that the house wasn't even in tala it was in rathcool which i know is still like west dublin but it's just so gassy like california rathcool (laughs) so do you remember it was in city west and city west is Tala, okay, because okay. that's what I was reading on Wikipedia. They're like, California is a show that was filmed in Rathcool, Dublin. I was like, Fuck. well, lots of people would bitch and say like, oh my God, they're not even from Tala. But like the vast majority of us were from Tala. I am from Tala. Yeah. So is Phil. So is Jay. But everybody else had some relationship to Tala. Like the two girls, as far as I remember, were found in the plaza, which is where they socialized every weekend. <laughs> that is so iconic (laughs) and then the lads obviously trained in a gym in talent so even though they didn't live there their life revolved around that area so there was some relation it wasn't just these random west dublin people plucked and put in talent you know (laughs) so do you remember the first day of filming like you must have been so excited because i'm the same age as you and i remember like these shows were coming out and a lot of the cast were around the same age as me and i was just like 
first of all, so jealous. Yeah, first of all, where the hell was my Yeah, call? I was like, where the fuck, <laughs> why was this not landed on my plate? And um, I just, it must have been so fun to be like, you're moving into this house. Like, cause those shows were on TV then, like Geordie Shore, The Hills. And you must have been mad to be like, I'm living that life. This is so yeah, crazy. And also like, when going into this house, like, did you know these people? So technically I didn't know them. Like none of us were friends. I'd never met any of them before. Now we did have, I think, one interaction briefly beforehand where we had to sign our contracts with TV3, go through all the rules and the expectation. Um, I wish I could go back and slap myself before signing that contract. I remember some of that. Here there. Do you remember uh, some of the rules and expectations, et cetera, that you were signing off? Like, as far as I'm now, again, I do need to dig the contract out. And this is probably all secret. So this is just from my own memory and experience of things that I wouldn't have liked to sign. Yeah. So like, we don't get any royalties if it's reshown again. And it was sold to Channel 5 and things. And yeah, like there was other little small things. Again, I didn't have a massive knowledge of these kind of things at the time. So I just wish I could like take a time machine and say, get legal representation and get a better fucking deal. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. this thing is going to like be a part of your life for the next 10 years and it's going to affect every single thing that you do. So do I think that we should have got paid a lot more? Absolutely. Um, so I met all of them in that scenario or came from in that brief meeting with everybody because we were like, who the fuck is this robot? Corvinator. Yep. Oh, I, the icon. The like, icon. He, I was watching because obviously so much of California Swipe, the show that was like apparently at one point getting as many views as yeah. the show. It was so popular on YouTube. They were just so obsessed with him. And <laughs> me and ever watching clips from it last night. And he was like, I, I, he was like, I cannot re- like remember like how iconic he was. It's all, so almost iconic. only now looking back at it. You're like, you are like such a character. But the two shows complemented each other so much. <laughs> yeah, now, obviously yeah, the California yeah. Swipe was just on YouTube and they were doing off their own back. And then I think it did, they did actually get hired by TV3 to kind I of be some so. part of it. But um, yeah, it's just like the way that they edit it and like some parts, but like I actually reached out to him as well to try and get a couple of like a guy and a girl. Um, but I think he is just not wanting to talk about it anymore. Yeah. I was talking to Cormac yesterday, actually. No um, <laughs> That's uh, just chatting, checking in. And yeah, I mean, like, I, I, we're probably going to talk a lot about this a little bit later on, you know, after we go through the whole experience. But I know a lot of us had a lot of negative experiences from the show. And mm-hmm. I was with Cormac was such an icon and. That's what made it so funny, you know? Yeah. And he is an icon and he, there's nobody like him. But he's also and lovely. He also was nice. You yeah. know the way? Like, I mean, yeah, he came, like, he was a bit gruff or whatever, but like... Like douchey at most. Yeah. But like, he, of all the lads, he, he wasn't like the one that you were like, oh. Yeah, you know, especially when we're seeing the rebirth of Phil on first dates and oh. that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, yeah, so you didn't know these people apart from just seeing them... Um, and okay. when you went to the audition process, did you kind of see, like, were there a lot of people or anything like that? No, was I don't know if the experience was different for me than the rest of them. But when I went to the plaza for my interview, it was just me and the crew there. They asked me, like, a series of questions. Uh, I can't even remember what the questions were, but kind of like, what were my goals in life? You know, why would I be interested in being on a TV series? And for me, at that stage, I hadn't even really decided if I wanted to be on a TV series, mm. you know? It kind of just fell into my lap, which was kind of odd in that way that 
I was like, I'm here just because I'm nosy. And all my friends were like, you have to go and do this interview. This is a show about where we live, where yeah. we grew up. It's called fucking California. Yeah. You have to go. So did part of me go for the interview just for the shits and the giggles? Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, well, you would. You would. Yeah, like, I, I mean, it was especially at that age. Like, you know, that totally, way. Like, yeah. I mean, it was, we're like such a generation of people who were like brought up on those kinds of shows, like that big burst of like reality yeah. TVs, but like young people in the city. So, like, hell yeah. Young people just <laughs> living their life. I would have done it a million times <laughs> over. So, you got to the gaff. So, the gaff was in City West. So, yeah. it was in Tala. Yeah. Uh, let it be known. And I the remember record. the gaff. <laughs> Like a pretty normal, like the gaffs had fucking single beds, which is gas. Yeah. Like, do you know what the weird, <laughs> my mom said it to me yesterday and I was like, how did I not notice that? And she was like, there was no pillows in the pillowcases on your bed. <laughs> and of course a mother would notice that, you know? Yes. <laughs> and she brought it up yesterday when we were rewatching it. And she was like, like, that's just so odd. Like they have a jacuzzi, but no pillows. What's Sorry, that, that is so fucking that is funny. So Irish the, mommy. The like interior of the house as well is just so perfectly like normal Irish gaff. Yes, like yes, the girls' yeah. room was like pink with floral wallpaper. Yeah, a bit of a mural going yes. on, I think it was. But yeah. um and there was loads of shots with like the two lads talking whilst just like lying on their little single beds. It was yeah. but that also coincided with like um Jersey Geordie Shore because the gaffs were never like that was the beauty of those shows because yeah. now you see reality TV shows and it's these big villas and amazing places. It was gas seeing them all like cramped in these tiny yeah. rooms with their suitcases. And, like yeah. the later seasons of Geordie Shore got more glam, but the early ones were just so good when they were mm. all like in those little single like, beds. Even for us in Santa Ponza on the second season in this villa, like it was still a bit of a shamble yeah. day <laughs> at the same time, you know? Yeah. You know, it's the perfect villa for California to be in because... Yeah. It was kind of slightly in bits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your little like picnic outdoor area. I was like with the like real like granny kind of uh, like table covering. Yeah. You know, that was, I was like, I know those so well. Like we've all been to that villa on <laughs> yes, holidays with yes, the fam. Yes. But um, so you get into the gaff and like, how does that happen? How does the first day, talk us through that. Let's get into it. So t- the first day you arrived at the gaff. What did you bring? What like, just, just talk girl. We need to know. Okay, so... I thought there was a lot of apprehension, a lot of anxiety, a lot of kind of worry because I mean, of course, like in the past, I had done a lot of things that I chose to do and that I was very comfortable with, like modeling and all that kind of stuff, whatever. But I was going into a scenario where I had very little control, you know, over the narrative. I didn't know these people. And even from my brief meeting of them in the kind of contract signing situation, I didn't click with any of them either. And that was a little bit worrying for me because I am, I suppose, like I have so many great friends and, I, you know, you feel comfortable around your friends and you can be yourself around your friends. But when you're in a scenario where you don't click with people, you know, like this weird person comes out and you feel a little bit lonely and you're anxious. And by nature, I'm a bit of a people pleaser as well. So that fed into it. So I was definitely really nervous. Um, I didn't know what to bring to wear. My, I was really worried. I was like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to look. Yeah. My style is shy. People are going to judge me. What Aww. am I going to do? So I was really kind of self-conscious, but I was also filled with hope. I was thinking this is going to be the start of something incredible. Like this is going to be it for me. And, you know, I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to have the absolute crack. And that was not to be. Lots of drama. Even from day one, like, I didn't really click with the girls, which was a shame. Not that I didn't, not that I, I didn't necessarily have any beef with the girls, but 
I didn't click with them. So there was just an awkwardness from day one. And then there's alcohol involved. So mm-hmm, as you yeah. can imagine, yeah, you have a good few drinks to settle the nerves. And then you just forget the cameras are there. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Natalie and Nikita were the names of the other girls, right? And they seemed to click, you know, that way. So I could understand that you're obviously like a really outgoing person. So it would be kind of unnerving if you're like, oh, hold on. Like I'm meant to be able to get on with people really easy. And then like, especially I think they do that on purpose in these shows where they get like three girls. Well, you were kind of like. Two girls pair off and there's one girl that's like. Yeah, three is like difficult with female friendships. But also it was kind of like Nikita was snooky. And Natalie yeah. was Jay away. So they yeah, were like their yeah, own. Yeah. And then you were Sammy. Because you, yeah, <laughs> you got in to the relationship. Yep. And so. that's what's going to happen as well. And they, I say that the producers are just like, oh, yes, thank God uh, we yeah. got a relationship. So even though you're saying that like it was drama filled and like stressful for you, that was what fucking was the best thing about it for us as viewers. Yeah. Which is you the know? weird thing about reality TV. Yeah. But um, absolutely. But look, I knew, like, obviously when you're going into a show like that, you know there's going to be drama. Like, you know, I wasn't born yesterday and I knew that they were going to be seeking drama and seeking confrontation. And I'm not a confrontational person, so that was probably never really going to be on the cards for me, even though it did end up happening. Yeah. Um, So probably for me to have, like... How did it set up in the terms of, so you get there, you're mic'd up, and the first day, like, what was that like? And, like, obviously you didn't click with the girls, but, like, are they just sitting you down and being, like, stay in this room and filming and like providing drinks so like i'm trying again like i'm trying to think back to everything sorry i'm trying to get comfortable here and uh, so i'm again i'm like trying to like go back a decade ago and i remember we got in and we were given like that's a shit not necessarily like schedules but like there'd be times in the day where we had to get up and film like a narrative where we have to chat about the night before this wasn't and everybody always asked was it scripted it wasn't I have a terrible memory. That would never happen. <laughs> so we'd get up in the morning. At a certain, I think it was like nine o'clock and we'd have to talk about the night before. So whether you were dying or you had a terrible night and you had fallouts, you had to get up and kind of relive the whole thing through your experience. Oh God. Um, which was harder in the first one than the second one. Um, and then through the day, we had like different, like let's say kind of at this time, this person is going to go and do this activity. And at this time, you're going to have your dinner. But, Aside from there being like, let's say a schedule in that way, there was nothing, let's say, 
overly contrived, which kind of might surprise people. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I so think, we kind of just I was, a, I was like, I am watching people live. Yeah, like yeah definitely. Yeah. The difference with California and Fade Street was that Fade Street you could tell was scripted to a certain degree, and that they were placed in certain kind of awkward situations. But with California, it was just like you could you could feel the realness of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could yeah. feel like because it felt like you were one of the cameramen, just like like that scene you put up on your Instagram. Which was in the first season, right? Where um, you're, it's of I think it's after a night out. You're all kind of like merry, and you're wearing the dress, and like shit happened where like it was like volatile. From what I remember, there's a clip of it on YouTube, and you put up on your Instagram saying that like that was the kind of scene that you were a bit like dreading watching, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, where I where I smashed Phil across the face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What what happened in that confrontation again? So I suppose that was one of the biggest scenes for me in the first season and I yeah I definitely I was really embarrassed going into watching it there the the last two days but actually now that I relive it I feel like he deserved I'm not condoning violence and I feel (laughs) awkward that I I got physical drinking but look I think everybody was happy that I gave Phil yeah (laughs) a bit of my a a bit of the back slap (laughs) but so I suppose in that scene that was kind of near the end of the first season and obviously me and Dave at that stage had kind of been hooking up a little bit. I, I'm again, I'm, I'm like, re, I, there was some scenario. We were actually in the north side drinking. I think it was. Was it Tamangos tomorrow? I think it was. Yeah, you did go to Tamangos, yeah. yeah and we were drinking there and there was just a constant awkwardness in the house. There was a constant anxiety. There was always a, like a weird air 24-7 in the house when we socialised. So when you drank, you drank a lot more than you usually would just yeah. to kind of just make yourself chill out a little bit. Mm. And like there was a lot of jealousy, so many rows. So you found yourself more drunk than you'd ever find yourself. And really. what was, where was the jealousy coming from? So like, obviously, when I was starting to see Dave at the time, which kind of dominated the first series, you know, we weren't actually together. We had just hooked up. But there was an instant like attraction and like, a, I don't know, maybe I'm old school, you know, when you kind of meet somebody, you like somebody, you kind of think like, well, not, not you're not together, but it's like, I'm like that. You're still going to treat this person and with I'd like say respect well. or whatever. Yeah. Like you're either like, like if you're not interested, fine, go and do what you want. That's, that's cool. But if you're kind of involved in somebody with somebody just treat them with a little bit of respect. Especially you know, if you're so on those... TV together. And living together. <laughs> and living together, yeah. Yeah. So like I definitely felt in that scenario, like again, we were not together. There was no commitments there. But I just felt embarrassed. So I found myself getting really drunk. I think me and Phil were joking, doing shots together or something. I think I may have done a shot of his belly button. And something came out and Phil said that I tried to kiss him which isn't true I did not try to kiss him maybe he believed yeah like maybe he believed during that night which was all on camera maybe he believed something was there I don't know he was a bit of an antagonist isn't that an instigator kind of yeah yeah like and and that happens sometimes with with men where they're kind of like how are you sure you're with her she was all over me that kind of like because um, Dave was, first of all, visibly, wasn't he the like largest even, was he bigger than Corminator? I'm not I sure. I think they always had a muscle off kind yeah. of vibe. But like, they're yeah. like, these... oh no, definitely. Like Cormac is kind of the same height as me roughly, whereas I like, Dave is tall. you know, there was definitely, a, he was definitely the biggest. Yeah. yeah. And Dave so there was, was definitely quite like the dominating character of the lads. Like he had the kind of posture accent. He was very sure of himself. The frosted tips. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. So like, I think in those scenarios, so you, you definitely did things maybe like rash and it just led to drama. And I think Phil, that was the character he really wanted to play. Yeah. So he was happy to stir the shit, you know, but for me, it just brought so much drama towards me and I'm not a dramatic person. So I found it really hard. So I drank more and like, so. And you were in the space of liking someone as well, which makes you go crazy anyway. Yeah. And adds a different like, you know, level or layer to the story. Yeah. And I'd never met anybody like that before who was so dominant, who was so charismatic, who was so confident. Like there's definitely like a, a power there so like you're instantly engaged with that and when you feel like then that person doesn't actually really care like I'm specifically talking about this night and everybody saw the series so you could see that so when Phil said that and made me out to be let's say this character which I wasn't it just really upset me and I got so drunk and I couldn't see any sense and we had a massive argument and I knew he was lying and I knew he was trying to create drama for me that I did not want and I just gave him a belt across the face, which I'm embarrassed about now. But mm-hmm. like at the same time, if you're going to create drama, that's going to come for you. You know, that kind of way. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, if, if all of my nights out when I was 22 or 21 were recorded, I would 100% have many an embarrassing moment. I remember like, being triggered as hell from just like Facebook photos of yeah. nights out when the club would put up the I was like, ah, <laughs> so I can't imagine it being on TV. And it's a very difficult space. Like we get it a lot from like if we're getting hate online where it's like where you're being misrepresented so Mm -hmm. when you're like if people are saying you're this you're that and you're like but I'm actually not I swear I'm a good person so it's really kind of it feels like you're being put in this pigeonhole so you obviously were trying to you were liking Dave and he so he wasn't committing to you is that what was going on so you were kind of hooking up but it was no was it more yeah like we were hooking up but like obviously what I saw was somebody who still wants to be with all the lads and party and that's fine that's his prerogative whatever but it did make me feel insecure, which mm-hmm. led to me getting drunk. And then Phil comes out with this thing that I had tried to hook up with him. And it just like, I don't know, that was the start of all the problems. I should have seen the red flag then and just walked away and said, you know, what, I'm going to have my solo California journey alone. Yeah. <laughs> but that was not to be either. Yeah. So the red, flag, the, scenario, the red flag huh? that you missed then would have been that he didn't believe you. So he's, did he believe Phil and he was, he, from what I remember, he called you like a slut and stuff quite regularly. Yeah, well, I, I didn't see that. Like, again, I, I couldn't find all but to rewatch it, yeah. but like, I definitely think that there was like maybe a set, again, I am speaking from my perspective and my take on the whole thing. So I'm not saying somebody said this or said that. Um, I saw that. But I definitely, I'm saying. I def- <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely think maybe there was a sense of like, maybe, worry about being embarrassed or taking the piss out of that like again nobody knew each other so no one really knew what we were all like mm-hmm. so I think everybody was on edge and the worst of everybody came out mm. well it's a melting so I think- pot as well it was the lads who obviously were like quite competitive with each other we saw loads of scenes of them like in the gym the likes of Philly who was so like visibly different than all the other guys who were like beefed up like muscle fucking steroided up to the gills and then Philly was like I'm also a personal trainer but he looked like he was the one who was the most convinced of his muscles yeah yeah he was very weak but I think looking 
visible, like in comparison with the other guys, he wasn't. He was more slight. So then I think he was kind of trying to trump his personality yeah. by being like the bravado and stuff. And uh, and from and from my memory, I think he was a like of everybody that was there. He was actually a now again. I could be wrong. This is just from my impression of what was going on. That he was a big fan of reality TV. I okay, even yeah. though I seen Geordie Shore and things and and Jersey Shore, I wouldn't have been like this hardcore fan. Yeah, I don't even think I, I really watched that much TV at the time. To be honest, that would, a YouTube that would make, of him. It would make sense as well. There's because... a YouTube of him with talking to Gaz from. Uh, oh yeah, Geordie Shore. Shore, and he's like. Um, Gaz is like How many birds have you slept with And he's like huh, This month or this week Like you know And it's like He's obviously Gaz is his idol You yeah, know He's like yeah. oh He definitely wanted to be yeah, like Yeah you would the, get that impression he, yeah. I think he wanted to be like Mike the Situation From Jersey Shore He even kind of looks like him I think A little bit They're yeah. very similar vibe So yeah, other than that um, Because obviously As Lindsay said earlier on You can't get season one Of California on the line anywhere, anywhere which is so frustrating but were there any other like standout moments from season one that you're like you think back on and would like to almost see to see like would it confirm anything to you or you know were there any standout moments for you of season one that like you wish people maybe you wish people couldn't see <laughs> like I think season one was funnier like yeah. I think there was a lot of funny memorable scenes and phrases and, you know, even though I had that argument with Phil and there was a lot of like relationship, well, it wasn't a relationship at that stage, but there was a lot of like romance related issues for me. Like that was just funny, you know, and I suppose the big one that everyone always talks about with me is walking around in my bikini and my heels. <laughs> yes. Yes. I thought that was hilarious. But like for me, my goal was to be in Playboy. So, you know, you got to sell what you've got. And if you look at Love Island, they all wear heels and their bikinis and everyone thinks it's deadly. They do. But so when true. we do, she loves herself. She thinks she's the fucking business. Gas that it was in Tala. So <laughs> And funny. you're trotting around in the heels because you had a jacuzzi in the back, didn't you? Yes. Iconic. Um, that's... <laughs> That's so funny. I saw on your Twitter as well when you were rewatching it. You made such a good point because, like, when I was rewatching some scenes, I forgot how much of the show was like mostly narration from like separate interviews. You know that way. Like mm-hmm. there was, yeah. it's it's filmed so differently to like shows now. And you made a point that you were like, if only there were like hidden cameras, like the way they had them in Love Island. Like you would have got like a crazy show because I'd say so oh. much shit happened. Yeah. So off. tell us about that because yeah. there was a schedule. Like the camera crews went home at night. Yeah. Like, I think it was like you know they'd film a night out and a certain amount of time afterwards, and then they just go home. Yeah. So. <laughs> So what would happen Which when they went really home? really silly on their part in terms of getting really good quality content. Yeah. And to be fair, we should have had mics constantly because, now again, I don't know if this is a rumor or not, but it was said that, you know, other companies like, I, I, don't, I don't know if it was MTV, but other channels wanted to buy the show, but because there was no consistent sound that that was an issue. Again, maybe, I, maybe that's not true, but that's what I heard on the grapevine. Um, mm. But they definitely missed a lot of stuff. But at the same time, what that's do we miss? What do we miss? Tell scenes. us. What do we miss? Oh God! Like I'm trying to think. because again, it's been so long. Yeah, but yeah, was yeah. it just Let's like be fair? All the crazy. smooching, all the riding. You yeah. know, that all happened when no one was there. Come on, like yeah. And how <laughs> would that play out in the? Was there a, a shag pad in in California? Or was it a single? There bed? was. No. Do, you, do you not remember seeing the sign? And it was called. Oh, what the hell is the room called? God, my brain cells are not firing right now. 
That's cause they tried uh, to also do it like shag pad. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was there was like a written sign that the producers <laughs> created, which I'm sure they they're called oh, this is so hilarious. I remember, I remember, but I can't remember the name, but we will find it. But um so that's where you and Dave would be. No, not necessarily. I, I genuinely don't believe that I ever got it on in the house okay. while they were filming. Now, he lived around the corner, so we just used to go there. No. <laughs> so could you guys go home like when you wanted? Like it wasn't like a strict like you have to be in the house at all times or could you go home? And you were home? able to well, have people over as well, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we couldn't bring anyone into the house that wasn't, let's say, there for filming. And we okay. did have a specific schedule, but... Like the film crew weren't there all the time. Like, I, I don't think, I, I think I may have gone home only once or twice in the six or seven weeks or whatever it was. And, but like, you could go out, you know, you yeah. weren't like a prisoner. Yeah. <laughs> a reality wasn't... TV prisoner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was, so like there was definitely a lot of things that were going on. Behind. Billy and Nikita were um, also a bit of a romance, I think, in the first season, were they? Yeah, like she really liked him. I don't know if he really liked her, but... That's where a lot of the drama with the girls came for me is that obviously Phil said that I tried to hook up with him and she really liked him. So that's where the backstab and two-faced whore came from. <laughs> I feel like I need a t-shirt with that on it actually. Because that Yes, you should sell merch. <laughs> yes. What was it? Backstabbing two-faced two whore. Whore. You gotta get the whore right. Yeah, that's yeah. so Nikita. So she had um, great lines. So like if obviously okay, you filmed it, right? But that's probably one experience versus it coming out. Like when when you went home after the seven weeks, like how did you feel? And then were you getting anxiety before it like aired or were you just excited? Yeah, like it because you don't know what they're going to put in. Like from my memory, I think they filmed something like six thousand hours. Now again, I maybe I over dramatized that, but there was definitely a couple of thousand hours worth of footage that they filmed, God. but they only showed ten. So they really had a lot of power and control over the narrative and there were scenes and situations that you really didn't want coming out. And, you know, you didn't know how they were going to be portrayed and you didn't know how the Irish people were going to take it either because, Mm -hmm. let's be fair, Irish people are dicks, you know? (laughs) And they're so hypercritical. So you really didn't know what the impression was going to be. So there was definitely a lot of worry, a lot of nerves. Um, I didn't have that massive bond with everybody either. And obviously... Because I apparently tried to hook up with Phil, which I didn't, you know, I didn't have a great relationship with the girls. You know, they thought that I was obviously a backstab and two-faced whore. And I definitely got the impression that they thought, no, again, I could be wrong. This is my impression that I was better than them. Which it's, I how never felt. it's how you felt. Yeah. Yeah. So like I was, when I finished the show, I didn't really have, I don't know. I, I really didn't know how it was going to be produced. Definitely a lot of worry and fear. And it, it was September when we filmed. So we had November, December, so two months to wait. Yeah. Yeah. Which would feel like yes. a long time. And did you, so you weren't kind of in cahoots or whatever with like the other cast. Like were you and Dave talking when it was, when you weren't filming? Yeah, so obviously we got together, mm. uh, you know, after the show, which, you know, I, d- I don't think it happened on the show. We I think we got together after the show. So like yeah. I had a full-blown, full-fledged relationship with California. And... Yeah, which is nuts. And obviously, like, there was a lot of stuff in the papers. There was no Instagram at the time. And Twitter was, like, the number one social media page. So, like, things are being leaked. Like, these are the people on the show and this is happening. So my life was already starting to change. Like, you'd be, I don't know, in the chipper or something. Like, you're that girl that's going to be on that show. No way. 
yeah so like you could see your life changing already and you're thinking is this going to blow which it did you know for that whole two years it was just hardcore what was it like so yeah what was that like yeah. especially I can imagine it being a local thing adding such a different element you know that way like I say because you were walking around Tala with people from Tala being like oh my god you're on California yeah. you know so like how quick when once it started airing like how quickly did you see a change in like your life or people's perception of you it catapulted like it literally like everybody knew about it I mean the first episode which was the trailer I think they had something like 480,000 views <laughs> which was massive like it was huge so and, and even if they didn't see it they were talking about it so and again like you have to remember that like times are so different it was the recession like like a lot of people were going through a lot of hard shit so when this came along it was like finally we've something to talk about something to mm-hmm. bitch about something to laugh about yeah, you know, and especially from Tala, you know, there was definitely a weird energy around that and going anywhere. Um, like it was both good and bad, you know. Like obviously, I got a lot more exposure. I hate that word, but that's what what happened. You know, I had a lot more photo shoots. I was in the papers a lot more, so I really felt like my career was about to kind of just take off. Um, but it didn't. <laughs> so like there, there was definitely a lot of highs and lows you know, after filming the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when did you start yeah, to realise that, um, you know, because if you were first initially getting like more photo shoots and you were thinking, okay, this is happening, it's what I thought was going to happen, as in like, I'm on the on a career path to showbiz, where you wanted to be. And when did that start to crumble a bit? So I would definitely say after doing the show that... Like we know a lot of the phrases now, you know, like cancel culture and like online bully and all that stuff. That, like that was so new back then, you know, and I definitely found that I like it was just really hard to get work. So like I had been kind of starting my modeling off before I did the show and like no, I wasn't doing a full time, but things were happening, getting the odd job here and there. I worked for Sky Sports as well, modeling for the darts. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. Yes, a dart girl. That's iconic. That is gas. Yeah. Very talented woman, you know. (laughs) What can't you do, (laughs) So so I had that kind of going as well. And that was separate because that was kind of UK based. Um, But like, I just couldn't get booked for jobs after the show. Like I couldn't get management. I couldn't get representation. No way. Nobody wanted to hire me. And like, I don't even think it was like an intentional thing, but it was just the way the show was perceived that it was this cheesy. It was, you know, it was seen as like the scaldy show compared to, let's say, Fade Street. So as much as everybody watched and wanted to talk about it, nobody really wanted to touch it with a barge pole. Which that's the difficult thing about like Irish culture and especially Irish media culture. It's like they can it's like they can appreciate that something is popular that it exists that it represents a aspect of like you know real life real life and a culture that is a lot of the time ignored on the media um and you know when we see like more kind of you know inner city dublin or more dublin kind of people it's like that's always seen as a kind of a joke you know 
I think like with the young offenders or that kind of shit, you know? Well, it's kind of rooted in classism a lot of the time. Very you know, much, that yeah. way it's like, like as you said, how Fade Street was, even though Fade Street is now seen as like funny, it's still like California carries another thing of people like, oh, it's scaldy or it's this or and it's that. And it was that, racy you know? with the, like the bikinis. And it's just frustrating that like, I mean, because we saw it, we see it with like Charlotte G Shore, Gaz, all the Geordie Shore people got massive representation mm-hmm. and have created these crazy careers for themselves yeah and i would have thought like of all people because i know nikita has publicly come out since and she has said that like it's really affected her getting any work after the show and you know for you as you said you went in with media backing working within the industry so realistically if it was going to help anyone it probably would have been you in that way like of getting a new agent or getting more work or whatever and it's that's actually so interesting i think if it happened now if that film now, it would have been different. I think it was so within the culture because it was right before like- I don't the, know, it still happens to us. But right before the influencer yeah. bubble. But like, we're still doing fine. What I mean is like- it, Well, we're not doing fine with the media. Yeah, but like fuck the media. Who gives a fuck about them now? Yeah. But I mean anyway. like and in look, Kelly's the, case- The media like, don't pay. Getting... The media don't pay you anyway. They don't yeah. pay you for interviews. And like, that's the thing about the time is that everybody thought I was doing amazing. And, you know, I was this really vibrant, not to be cop but like self-love you know so like I was this vibrant hopeful hard-working ambitious creative person that wanted to be successful and that's why I did this show like people would rip the piss and say like oh you want to be famous blah 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 who doesn't want to get out of their reality and do better for themselves you know so when things weren't going the way that I had hoped you know I would meet manager after manager I would really put myself out there and it was just constant no's I just refused to be cancelled. I was like, I am mm-hmm. not going to fucking fade into the background. I put myself on the line here. I want to get something from this. So I just dug my heels in. I went to every event. I really put myself out there. I did as many photo shoots as I could and was in the media as much as possible. So like, I refused to be cancelled, even though I was going through all these challenges. I had never been so broke in my entire fucking life. Like wow. for those two, three years, I made so little money. I'm surprised I even kept my above water. I'm surprised I even looked half decent with the budget that I had. Like You did look great. Because I know you were putting oh. up on your Instagram, like, oh, thank God for like filters and whatever. But you looked great and you look great now. You do. Like you, you did look fab on the show. And I'd say that's something, because I was on uh, The Voice of Ireland and it's something that's so. I like, know. And like, I mean, even that, I was on like, what, two episodes and, and not even full episodes like you were. And I mean, walking around Dublin for years afterwards, you'd be on a bus and there'd be the busman being like, you are brilliant, you are robbed. You're like Elvis Presley, you know, this kind of shite, ridiculous things. Or else you'd get people like nudging and like more so than anything. That really like, so it's, there's something about like being Irish and being on TV about our people are just like, uh, you know? Yeah, for sure. Especially when it's filmed in Ireland. But like, um, and it's so, it's so contrasting as well, because it's like, you know, people would rip into you for wanting to be famous and like, oh, like you're such a fucking loser. Like, you know, you want to be famous, like mm. just be quiet. But then like on the flip side, you know, I'll give you an example. Like somebody messaged me the other day being like, oh, Cormac drives an Uber. Ha 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 ha. And I wrote back, isn't that brilliant that he's working? Fair yeah. play to And him. it's awful because there so, was that video going around, um, a kind of little viral video of Cormac in his taxi and some bell end gets in the back of the car and is like filming him and be like, oh, it's the Cormac. And Cormac's like, let me just do my job. Like, it's so mean that he can't, he's actively trying to like, he's grafting and he's trying to just like just move on with his life. life yeah. And people keep on pulling him back to 
something that he did 10 years ago. But um, talking about, okay, let's get in briefly to the relationship and how that kind of dictated and how living through that on the show, how was that for you? Because mm. looking back, you know, I looked at some of the uh, season two that you can find online and, you know, I was like, this is, it's really weird to see the treatment. And it's the same with Geordie Shore when you're looking back and Jersey Shore, how kind of, you know, I felt the men were treating the women, calling them names such as sluts, which was yeah. like just, you know, that was words that were used openly then. So yeah, like yeah. It, was it was a different time. But also there was a scene um, which made me feel uncomfortable when I was watching it because I think you'd played a prank on Dave oh, yeah. and then he like tipped your suitcase in the pool in uh, on holidays when you were filming abroad. And I, I saw you, I, th I saw the girls around you trying to be like, that's not cool. That's not cool. Makita was like, but they're your shoes. They're different, Kelly. Yeah, She's like, like whatever. And you were trying to brush it off. And I've so been in that space myself yeah. where your friends are kind of like, oh, does he really talk to you like that all the time? And you're like, what's fine. It's a joke. He's just messing. He's like, oh, he's a mad prick. And you're like, they're like, okay. And you're trying to just like alleviate the situation and be like, no, nothing. It's fine. It's so fine. I know. And like, let's, let's be honest. Like when I was chatting about doing this, it's something that I really did want to go into, but I and like I said, I did not rewatch the show for like I watched it when it came out and I haven't rewatched it since. So for me, you know, I said, you know, I really probably don't want to go into this relationship because, you know, that was a personal thing and I'd prefer to not go there. You know, maybe it's going to bring back a lot of like negative emotions. And I've come so far. And then I watched the show and I realized that my experience in California was dictated by a relationship, which is a shame for me, you know, because I feel like I had so much to offer as an individual and like, I'm such a dominant, feminist, powerful woman now. And it's, I look back and I just feel sad about, you know, my character in the show was this kind of meek, timid, quiet girl in a relationship, which is not who I am, you know? And again, I know I said this already, but this is from my experience and my take and my living experience. I'm not bringing other people's experience into it that, you know, I'm, looking back and I just feel sad for myself because I was clearly in a controlling relationship mm -hmm. I was clearly uh, I'm trying to think of the right words to say toxic mm. yeah, yeah very toxic yeah that's it I mean um, and like the thing is the weird thing about reality tv is like there's always one guy and one girl and one of these setups that end up getting together like it's gonna happen you know mm -hmm. that way if you're putting like you know eight straight people in a gaff together they're probably gonna get together at some point that's what they want as well and it's probably encouraged mm. and you know also I could imagine what would kind of like you'd almost bond with the person more because you're especially coming out of season one into season two you're both going through that kind of like online kickback and you're you're the only he's the only other person that you're probably close to that you can relate to about the experience you know that way and did you find yeah. like was there that kind of comfort there or was it kind of like did you feel like a team in that regard so I suppose the big difference between the first and the second show and it's important to know this that you know a lot of us felt hard done by about the lack of opportunities a lot of things that didn't work out for us you know so I think with everybody going into the second one we definitely wanted to get a paycheck we definitely wanted to go maybe and clear our names a little bit. So I definitely think the second show probably wasn't as good as the first one. But I definitely went into this feeling very alone, very, I, did, like, I don't know, disillusioned. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was going into this in a, in a probably somewhat controlling relationship from my experience. You know, so I was going in afraid to rock the boat. 
as well. So, you know, you'll see that a lot of the scenes are not even there, you know? Yeah. So like, and the girls, like, it's as obvious, like, I don't even need to say it. Like you can see it on the show. Like, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I went in to get a paycheck, but was I afraid of putting a foot wrong on the show in my relationship? Yes, absolutely. And it dictated my experience on the second one. 100 percent so if we're talking about you said that like you weren't paid well so the first um you don't have to tell us but the first series how did they kind of how did they bring up money because i know even on show, contract yeah but yeah. like so they just offered you a fee though you know that way and there wasn't much room for yeah. budget and then so then you did you did you feel like you were able to negotiate a better fee than for the second season or? Yeah, like I, from my memory, I definitely didn't want to do it unless we got more. Again, mm. we couldn't get representation. So it's not like yeah. we had anybody on our side to help us yeah. or to, you know, create opportunities around that for us. So we got more in the second one than the first one, but definitely like not a lot. Like, like I said, I've never been so broke in my entire fucking life. You know, so like you're going into this show hoping that maybe this one things will kick off. Yeah. And it didn't either, you know, but yeah, I just like I look back and I just feel sad for myself to be in that type of relationship. And I it's yeah, like I think that's why I was so back because I've come so far. Yeah, of course. You know, it took me a long time to overcome the emotional challenges, challenges of California, the relationship challenges so and what was yeah, the was emotional challenges of um healing like with California was it the kind of like perception that you felt was out there of you that you kind of had not maybe control over your, the your own narrative image and your oh own kind God. of how people are 100 percent. like the the crazy thing is is when California ended you know I found myself like what am I going to do next like where am I going to go with this because you know, yeah, I can do loads of photo shoots and put myself out there, but I'm not being paid for it. And everybody knows me. So what am I going to do? And I remember even going for job interviews and like people taking pictures of me in the, the reception. It would go on Twitter and people would laugh at me. Oh wow! And, and I'm going to be really honest. I haven't ever publicly said this to anybody, but I remember even going to social welfare. This is maybe a good few months after the show. And I was sitting there and I had a meeting. Now, I think social welfare is different now. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you weren't allowed social welfare if you were self-employed. So I wasn't entitled to it. But somebody took a picture of me and it ended up in the paper the next day. <gasps> no. Basically saying like, you know, fall from heaven, not doing so oh well. Oh, my God. And which is so frustrating because also like, you know, you're in this vulnerable position that you've come out of, like, you know, a, a fame, a 100% local fame in Ireland. You know, that everyone well, you're knew saying the cast. Like yeah. Half a million. Or yeah. About half, yeah. Huge amount of watchership, viewership. And you, you know, so it, it, that is just must be the most annoying thing that you're like, the media and the tabloids are happy to use my image when it's like putting me down, but like, I'm not able to actually catapult any of the fa- this fame into anything like productive or something. Even in terms of fees, like if they were gaining and, that much you know traffic towards their channel but yeah. you weren't they did not like it's fucking handy for them because they don't even have to pay the people who are providing the entertainment yeah, basically yeah 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 and like amount. even all like the promotion for the show we had to do for free it was in our contract so Whoa. we were going like you know i'm driving around and i'm constantly busy and i'm doing this and that and i'm broke oh like, my I god even, like i remember my car broke down and i couldn't afford to get it fixed you know oh and god. like and then when all that stuff happened, you know, like you're afraid to go anywhere in case, pe- like, 
whatever about people criticizing the show, who gives a shit? Like, you know, everybody's entitled to an opinion, but when people make it really personal and like you just come out with this really awful relationship where you've completely lost yourself as a human being, where, you know, all your dreams have been shattered because of, let's say, I don't know, like just the way things were back then with TV, you know, you're in this hugely vulnerable state and then you end up like in the newspapers and on social media with all these personal attacks about your finances and about your looks. Like I constantly got quite like the amount of men that used to insult the way I looked physically and it was constant. And I remember and where would that while, be on, just, on Twitter? Yes. And like it was constant. Like I'm not talking like the odd message. I'm talking 20, 30 messages a day. Whoa. You know, That's so Jesus Christ. But, like, I didn't want to leave my house. Like I actually got to a point where I like I I'm gonna say it I was suicidal. Oh my god! I was in a really dark place. I didn't. I was afraid of being judged. I was afraid of going for job interviews, mm. and people didn't know because like people thought I was doing so well. So that was really hard because I was putting on this portrayal to a lot of people that I was doing really well and successful, but actually I was in a very 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 dark place. I'm so sorry to hear that that's so upsetting that 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 you like it brought you there and like you know I think it's just so sad especially when like I mean because now we're in such a huge boom of reality tv but you see this happening over and over again so it's clearly Mm -hmm. like a very real aspect of the like come down from these shows and from that fame. Well the unpredictability like I mean we saw with Mike Thalys from Love Island and Sophie Gordon as well and Caroline Flack of course um, who wasn't on the reality circuit, but like but the same was, kind yeah. of attention yeah. and media attention and hate, and uh, you know, which everyone is a part of to a certain extent if you consume media, yeah, yeah, which yeah, we all yeah. do, yeah. you know. And just the overall treatment of women, you know, not even like externally, but internally from the show and like the slut, oh, I don't know, the domination of women and just the treatment of women, you know, looking back, it's just like it was a ticking time bomb. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm so glad that the whole cast got out with the thing alive and, that they're mm-hmm. doing okay because you know it was a really like don't get me wrong it was brilliant and I would never change it but yeah it definitely brought a lot of hardships and you know that led me to get into fitness which is funny because I would never have got into fitness if I hadn't met the guys yeah. you know I had yeah. been art college for years before I went to um do the show I wanted to be an art teacher um I wanted to be a model you know and I ended up kind of with this clean slate and I was like where do I go you know I'm either going to die or I'm going to just do something. And that's how I got into bodybuilding. And it was super duper, you know, and I really found a new career. But at the same time, I didn't realize it at the time that I got into something because I was fragile. I couldn't control anything in my life. Mm. So I took on something where I had absolute control, you know, restriction of my diet, competing, And it's only looking back now that it was an unhealthy way to overcome all those emotions. And like, I would say I only really dealt with all those troubles maybe two years ago when I went to counseling, you know, so this is a big deal for me doing this. You know, we're so thankful that you came on. And it's really important to show the impact of, I mean, now you know, because that was the unknown then, say, these the shows like Geordie mm-hmm. Shore in California. And all, that was the unknown. Like, you jumped into something and it was the unpredictability. You know, we even saw it with Love Island. Like, I remember watching the first season, or my sisters watched the first season, and it was not a thing. You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, they 
Joshua Ritchie, who went out with like Charlotte from Geordie Shore, he was on it, but like he didn't catapult to the same the kind of level of like media attention and obsession that like now they would. And um, especially in Ireland, when you're in, like it feels so small, you feel like you said you can't leave your house, you're going to be noticed. You were photographed in the social welfare, but like now we're seeing it like where everyone has their own mini reality TV shows via their Instagram, mm-hmm. and they're getting the same notoriety, you know, whether it's of girls and OnlyFans, and it, we don't know the like future impact that that will have. Yeah. So you yeah. didn't know, but it does. You but know, at, le- at least they're getting a monetary value from that for the time that they're doing it. 100%. You know, like uh, at least like whatever about putting yourself out there and getting something from it. All I got was publicity and that was it. And publicity you know? doesn't pay your bills. If only I had an OnlyFans back then, I'd be rich. Yeah. Well, well there's always time. Well, huh? there's always time. Well, yeah, yeah, go check out Swipe Up yeah. for Kelly. Oh, you, you could call it California Swipe, Swipe Up. California, California yeah. Swipe Up. Brilliant. <laughs> um, so obviously you said like you went to counselling and you also mentioned to us before we started um, filming that you're like, you're back home saving for a house now. So it's kind of, and you're back in the room where you like lived when you filmed yeah. that show, you know, so that must be, it must feel 10 years on, like you do seem like, you're, I mean, you're able to talk about it so, um, so well and from mm-hmm. such a place, like from a different perspective, yeah. but I can, it's crazy to hear how much it affected you. And I mean, it's understandable. It's very understandable. Understandable. And like you said, like, you know, I did feel for Philly, like obviously he went on first dates and he was Twice, ridiculed. Right? Yeah. He was ridiculed the first time and, you know, he kind of became a meme and then he went back and, uh, I I think you could, he was obviously like very uptight. I watched him again. It's the second one. He was obviously trying to like, uh, you know, make up for how he was perceived to try and get himself actually across. And like, it's just, it's very, it's, it must feel really isolating when you're trying to represent mm-hmm. yourself and you're look, looking for that kind of fame or whatever you want to call it. But like, um, do you talk much to the ex-cast members? Like, is there anyone that you've kept in touch with? You're going to love this. So I have not spoke to any of them in years. So like, obviously, like when I had the whole breakup and things, I didn't really see the lads then because they were all friends. I never really got along with the girls that well. Like, we just didn't really click. Now, maybe it was as a result of that relationship and mm-hmm. me just, you know, dedicating my life to that, you know, space that I didn't put myself with them enough. But I actually, after rewatching it, there was just little scenes that I noticed that the girls picked up on. Like they noticed that I was in a controlling relationship. And, you know, I actually messaged both of them yesterday. Oh. I have not spoke to them in years. I And I actually said to them, I don't expect to reply back. Now, don't get me wrong. Like they slated me in a lot of scenes. <laughs> like people love to slag how I look. Like Mark did it. The girls did it. Everybody did it. I never really? said anything mean to anybody really. But I still said, you know what, like there was a lot of things that they did say that were really nice and like so and they were younger than me as well. So I messaged them just being like, look, I'm thinking of you. Thank you for noticing things that I didn't notice back then. And, you know, I wish I had of maybe taken your advice or, you know, looked at the warning signs or whatever. And so thanks a million. I do hope you're both keeping well. Don't don't worry about not writing back. But Natalie actually wrote back there about an hour ago. No way. (laughs) Gosh. Yeah. So I'm probably going to meet her for a coffee when this whole thing blows oh, over. Oh, California yeah. reunion. Yeah, because like, I mean, the I only know. people who would know what the experience yeah. was like is you guys, you know? Yeah, so even if you didn't click then, there's actually probably space to click later because you can reflect on that together, you know, that yes, way. Yeah, absolutely. and hindsight and is a like, thing, you know? And I was chatting to Corminator this week as well. I haven't spoke to him in ages. <laughs> but I always got along with Cormac, actually. Yeah. Like, he's hilarious. Like, 
he is exactly what you see and they always laugh around him so I was like you know what I'm gonna drop him a message and just like reflect on the last 10 years yeah and I did laugh so that was really good oh, and what about Mark O'Neill because Mark I guess was the one who came in season two who actually did kind of catapult into like he was obviously on Big Brother and yeah. he made a big splash over there yes. and I don't think he's doing well here's the funny thing about me and Mark so Mark hated my guts really like he and it's, it was said on the show watch season two he hates me he said now I personally find that this is a compliment so he said that I sound like a goat and I look like Pete Burns but I love Pete yeah! Burns I love <laughs> Pete Burns you don't look like him but I do love Pete Burns yeah. but like I mean even you saw the way like he was on Big Brother and he was like he definitely he's kind of that same like he he's looking for the drama he goes on the he knows how that. to get the camera time yeah and he wants <laughs> to poke people and make people feel uncomfortable he's such an and instigator he is and yeah. I mean it does I make for great like, watching and like, if you look at the show, like it doesn't take anyone with two brain cells to see, you know, I'm in a relationship with somebody extremely dominant. You know, I'm clearly holding myself back from a lot of things to avoid drama and arguments. So when Mark comes in with his dingaling flying around the place, yeah, do you think it's sensible for somebody in like a high drama, highly dramatic, toxic relationship? To get you're involved not believed there. as well when like in the first season, you know, you were put in a position of like being made out to be this kind of like, oh, he turns his back and you're trying it on with the other guys in the house and that kind of stuff. So I, I remember that scene. not true. Like I was like, again, this is the part, like I was mad about him. Like anyone, everybody would know that like, that's where my cards lay. I couldn't give mm. a shit about Phil. Come on. Like, no, of course. But so, I like, mean, I've been in that situation as well. It's another aspect of potential. Like, you know, it's kind of control or whatever but I remember that Mark he burst onto the scene season two fully naked he was in the pool yes. and the so, guys were and he came so in like, such a like dominating presence the other guys were instantly had their back up and yeah, they were trying to, yeah. so it was this constant like male ego bashing you know yeah and like I obviously was like well it's not sensible for me to go and be best friends with this naked guy because that is going to cause trouble for me so I'm just going to avoid him yeah and just stay away. So I think Mark, because again, like this is just from my personal experience that he obviously liked attention and I didn't give him an ounce, which is really unusual for me because I would be the first person to chat to anybody, you know? Mm -hmm. So like I just avoided him because I was like, I just don't need that drama in my life. There's already way too much. And he took that really personally. So he really hated my guts. And I don't remember, I couldn't find the episode, but as far as I know, like there was a fight between him and Dave and like Dave smashed him against the ground. And like, yeah, I, re really I remember physical. that because he was he was like an instigator to all the lads. Like he wasn't really on anyone's side. He was slagging them all off. And I remember um, there was definitely like a kind of battle of the egos with Dave and uh, Mark and Mark came in and he's like beefed up like in great shape and he looks good and he's super tanned you know like and really so, charismatic and, and like really chatty funny, yeah. and like he's like I mean Mark, chappy, Mark is like made for reality TV that's 100%. why he did so yes. well like he's one of those characters that you're like you are probably just made to be a reality TV yeah. star like you're, he knows what he's doing yeah, as well yeah, and yeah, like yeah. now he's like a scientist or something right yeah 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 yeah, Gas. yeah. he was doing his degree when he came onto the yeah. show 
um, funny enough. So, so funny. like he was always going to probably do well. I think he went to America. Now, again, I don't know. I think he went to America to work or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. which is probably sensible just to run away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess like on final thoughts, like any like, you know, anything that else you'd like to talk about when it comes to California that we would think we might have missed? Because I'm sure there's just so much mm-hmm. to talk about with this kind of stuff. Oh, God, like there was just so much more drama that happened like behind the scenes and like because of that schedule and like like I, I suppose for me reflecting on it I just feel sad for myself because I was clearly alone a lot of the time you know so like I wasn't really friends with the lads but I spent a lot of time with them because of the relationship wasn't friends with the girls and then if I did have an argument in the relationship that I was in I was completely isolated so like I do remember especially in the second one spending a lot of time alone like reading and like you know being afraid to like do anything like because of the public because of my relationship so I suppose I look back and I just feel sorry for myself and I feel sorry for the way women were treated on TV and maybe that's why they haven't shown maybe that's why they won't show season one because it doesn't travel well I'd say it is because like I mean even when you look back on old Jersey Shore, Geordie Shore now, you're like, what? Like, it's so crazy. The the role that women were given on the on those shows were just to be like... And the space Talked where, about, kind of. And, and the space that men were given to... To be legends. The way that they were speaking about women and that that was aired was crazy. Yeah. And like the I fact know. that men were like, you know, because there's always a level of encouragement, you know, that way, like not saying actively that the producer is saying like, do this, do that. But you almost like I could imagine with California, like people have watched Jersey Shore, they've watched Geordie Shore. So they kind of know the roles they're kind of supposed to play. And it's this whole like, let's go out and get a load of birds. But like, let's well, slut shame it, the girls, it was, you know. It was so beautiful in its element because it was actually the point of reality show was to see people acting as mm-hmm. humans are and human interaction as is. But now what? come in is like you know we've seen it like I remember on Big Brother which is over now like I mean what things that were acceptable five years ago recording on Big Brother then became totally unacceptable and like people were getting kicked off for saying this or saying that or touching this mm-hmm. word you know and but at the start and when you know California and Jersey Shore and Jersey Shore it was like there was no implications if you know like for example you slapping Philly like that was like allowed which was beautiful to see human interaction because that's what happens in real real life in some ways you know let's be fair like think about any Dublin lads they all have a lads group there is that misogyny like that like and like we talk about like women's rights now and the whole conversation now through women's day like that exists you know maybe no it's not as out there as it used to be but it's still there and like you know in some ways it's nice to look back as a stronger woman now and I, I in some ways if we remade it again I think I would annihilate every single one of them good you know I I literally wouldn't take an ounce of any of them you know yeah, but it's yeah. it's different times and maybe that's why they won't reshow because it just didn't travel well yeah. like I felt watching it like oh my god you can't say that you can't do that and it was to do with me you know yeah I know it's mad but like that's crazy and you you just don't even bat an eyelid that's great that you're able to see and visualize the growth yeah because you know you actually forget like I don't know what the hell I was like at 22 yeah because obviously or how I was talking it's it's an unusual situation good and bad 100% to have like a recording of yourself at such a young age and going through 
a really toxic relationship because like everyone's had one of those toxic relationships in their past usually so I can only imagine having recordings of that and seeing it being just like who is she first of all how did I put up with it but I, I guess it, in a way it can help you if you come out the other end of it positively it can help you grow and it can help yeah. you kind of realize warning signs you know in hindsight and learn and I mean regardless of it being like problematic or whatever like now it is an iconic moment in yes. Irish TV history. It, I know. It's just like was so, I remember being like, oh my God, like Irish TV needs to do more shit like this. Like it's the, the perfect recipe for television. I know. Put them all in a house. And like it's funny because like happens. looking back, like back then the girls were made to look terrible. Like they were made to look like sluts. They were made to look like this, like that. But when you look back, the lads look terrible. Yes. Like they yes. look terrible. And that and that's brilliant. That is enough justice for me. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you know, like would I do like if somebody said to me like, would you host a reality TV show now? I would definitely do it. You know. Yeah. So I think the big thing is that like there has to be like psychological support, yeah. Yeah. which we didn't have. I think there needs to be. Well, it's different times. I think there's more opportunities for people on reality TV now. You know, yeah. and I think it like, could have been more so in your much- own hands. Maybe if it yeah, was now absolutely. because you wouldn't have. But um, you do like Pilates lives on your on your Instagram, which are yes. really cool. Yeah. So like I've been working in the health and fitness industry since pretty much I finished California. Like I became a PT. I wrote a book. And again, wow. like this was part of me digging my heels in. Like I refuse to be canceled. I am going to create opportunities for myself. Did I make a lot, load of money from it? No. <laughs> but I dug my heels in and I've been in the industry since. So at the moment, I'm on COVID, like a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just kind of starting a Pilates business, so I'm really excited. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like doing this interview, and like the funny thing is, I've had a lot of requests this week because we're talking about this to do more things, and I, f- I have a funny feeling that this could be the start of maybe a renewed career in show business again. I and hope so. that would be amazing. I know I would definitely do stuff, and I feel like. I needed to go through this healing and you girls have helped me do it in a fun oh, way. That's great. Thanks so much. Well, we are so thankful that you came on and yeah. spoke to us about it. I feel like it was very serendipitous. We caught you just at the right time, yeah. I feel And I we think. are crowning you with the yes. It Gals Legend Award yes. and everyone else who was on, who was cast on California. Yeah, because so, like, you should be treated as Irish legends absolutely. because that's what you are. End of story. Oh, uh, so everyone listening, go follow Kelly on Instagram. We'll yeah. have all your stuff linked Join below. in the Pilates live. Yes, I'll be doing them actually because yes, I think same. everyone needs a bit of structure. You do them twice a week, right? Yeah, so I'm doing two free lives a week just Daddy. to give people a little bit of motivation, a bit of fun. Yeah. I do teach one beginner's class on a Saturday, 60 minutes long. Fab. And I'm hoping this time in the year, maybe I'll have my own studio. And who knows? So okay. much more. Well, we want to be on the journey with you. So we will be joining those lives and we want you gals to too. And like, because we're going to be out on this cobble soon, looking good, hopefully. Yes. I, I need yes. a bit of Pilates because I'm crouched over the poxy laptop all the time. Um, so um, I need a bit of that. So Kelly, thanks so much for Come coming on. Anytime. Yeah, thanks, gal. Thanks so much. Pleasure. Kelly. And thank you for being so lovely because I was so afraid of kind of coming back to this part of my life. And... Like, it was such a positive experience. Love you. Oh, thanks, gal.